Hi, this is Harvey McLaughlin, and you're listening to the Texas Music Spotlight. Welcome to the Texas Music Spotlight Podcast, supporting artists and musicians from the great state of Texas. And now, here's your host, Julie. Hi, hello, this is Jules the Human here, and welcome to the Texas Music Spotlight Podcast. Today, we have a great podcast for you. It's Harvey McLaughlin. This guy was awesome. We had a fun conversation. We had probably enough for like two or three podcasts. After we finished recording, we just kept talking. It was super awesome, but that's coming up in a little bit. But first, make sure you subscribe. Leave us an iTunes review. Leave us a review wherever else you can do that. Um, that really helps us out and really helps other people find us. And why don't you share it with your friends? Share it with somebody that likes music. Share so, share it with somebody that doesn't know about the podcast, doesn't know about podcasts in general. Uh, just enlighten them and let them know what they are. Go do all that stuff. Uh, we're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, and a bunch of other places, wherever you get podcasts. Make sure to follow us on social media as well. Facebook and Twitter is at Texas Music Pod, at Texas Music P-O-D, and on Instagram, it's Texas Music Podcast. We post pictures and stuff, we talk about music and all that good stuff, so go follow us on all those. All of them are different, and do all that cool stuff. So if you're in the San Antonio music scene, you already know about Harvey McLaughlin. He's been around for a while, and he's uh, an amazing musician. He does a ton of different bands. He's part of a bunch of different groups, and I had the opportunity to talk to him and the opportunity to play on his new album that's coming out sometime soon. We talk about that. We talk about how he doesn't really like Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> we talk about a bunch of other stuff, all the bands that he's in. So all of his band links are in the description of the podcast. So go check that out. You can follow him on Instagram and all that stuff. Check out all the bands that he's in and listen to his music. Right now we're going to get into one of his songs, Night of the Iguana. We're going to hear a piece of that song. We're going to get into the conversation I had with Harvey McLaughlin. And then we're going to hear a full song at the end. So right now... Night of the Iguana by Harvey McLaughlin. Because we don't know any other any other way, really. Because we, we most of us have been doing this since we were teenagers, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just like there's one way to do. It. I mean, there are variations on it, and that's mm-hmm. when you kind of butt heads with people. But for the most part, I mean, it's just like get in the van, get to the show, and and play, mm-hmm. get your payout, and go back, go back. That's it, you know. But it's grueling. Yeah, it is grueling, especially Definitely. even the most comfortable beds on the road are still not your own bed. Yeah, for and that sure. Weighs Definitely. on you, you know. I used to be one of those people that could sleep anywhere. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so basically what, what we want to do here with this this show is just show, uh, you know, just a different side of musicians. Not a lot of people, music lovers, see this side of, you know, us or oh, whatever. Sure, sure. They just see what we have on stage. And this is just kind of an in-depth talk like, hey, I saw Harvey play this place. Oh, he's on this podcast. 
I kind of want to hear what he says about music or what he says about anything else. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, like I, don't, I don't necessarily know if anybody's interested in what I have to say on anything. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I think I'm I think sure. of what I what I say on st- what we do on stage is kind of what you know. It's it, it's it's us definitely. It is. It, it is. It's you most know. Of us. But then again, I mean, that wouldn't hurt. I mean, yeah, I, I love a good down chat. As good as you know, just yeah, just basically get to know what where you come from and what you do. I mean, for me. Um, come back here to San Antonio and everybody just embraced me and I really love the community here yeah. and what, what they're doing and you I grew, just wanted you grew to do up much. Here? Yeah, I grew up here. I just where, didn't do music. Where'd you here. go to high school? Thomas Jefferson. Oh, Jefferson? Pretty close yeah. here. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was just doing the whole classical route and I decided like it just wasn't for me and yeah. uh, I still do some of that stuff, but I'm mainly doing Vulcan and then a bunch yeah. of other well, it's good. Know, freelance it's, stuff. It's great to learn that stuff mm-hmm. too because shit, as somebody who who, who learned essentially just watching other people play and like figuring it out myself like mm-hmm. now that i'm old enough to like you know i really wish i learned notation and theory and uh-huh. all that all that stuff yeah and classical music that's a whole other like you know somebody comes from the pop realm as yeah. i do you know it's all popular music based on on blues progressions mm-hmm. and stuff and that stuff is it will never get old that stuff's in my no, my, yeah, my lifeblood but like when you look at something more complex you're just like <laughs> maybe maybe one day I'll try no I can't even think about trying you yeah, know because sure. it's so complicated and so not complicated necessarily in its execution but in on, its, on the outside too, it, in somebody, the thought you yeah. know the thought that goes into it because uh-huh. I have so little frame of re- reference like either like like orchestral music is like like Copland for me mm-hmm. or Penderecki like there's okay. there's really no there's yeah, no, yeah. there's no in between there for sure you know what I mean? and and but you know, you are an example that you don't need to know that stuff to make amazing music. You don't, you know, you, you, uh, when we were working together, when you were like, uh, last time we talked, I was mm-hmm. recording for your album or, or whatever album yeah, that's you're going to be, yeah. uh, releasing, but you were instructing me the way you knew how, and I can get you and I understand yeah. what you were going for, even though we had maybe some barrier as in notation or notes or whatever. What, what, we, what, what I realized you know, kind of in retrospect, I think that that it might have been more effective if I had just like told you what I wanted as opposed to, you know, because we had the notations, we had the, the charts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And and it was good and it was a good starting point and everything that you guys did was, was really good on mm-hmm. there. But like when we were in there, it was just kind of like there were certain things that were working better than others. Like mm-hmm. the best, the best stuff that we got from that entire session was the stuff where I was just like, just do it. Just go for it. Just, <laughs> yeah, just, for sure. Just play and just feel the shit. And then y'all did. And I was just like, that's the, that's the stuff, you know, yeah, that's yeah, what I sure. want, you know? And so, we're recording over there at, uh, Matador. Matador yeah. yeah. How'd you get in contact with those guys? I mean, I know you're part of like the lost records. Yeah. I, well, I, they, um, I don't know. I was just kind of there at the inception, you know, yeah. like, cause I've known Tommy, the engineer, the house engineer there. I've known him for, I don't know, however long the bottom feeders were together okay. when we first started recording, mm-hmm. you know, Juan and, you know, Juan I've known for, at this point, I've known him for a little while. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not as long as other people have known him, but we, we were actually just talking about it the other night. We were like, well, how long have we known each other really? Uh-huh. And it was funny. We connected not through me mu- i mean through music sure he was the only other person i knew who really liked rocket from the crypt and we we both like kind of we bonded over that mm-hmm. and we bonded over fallout new vegas and oh fallout nice 3. Awesome, we started yeah. talking about it and we we're like oh wow yeah really yeah did you get that which favorite dlc then <laughs> oh what for real mine too bro and then we we essentially that's 
we just started playing together and stuff. But they knew through work, uh, him and Mike Chia, who's our our our, uh, our drummer, mm-hmm. they knew uh, Tommy Tommy Munter, and he uh, had a studio out of his garage, which was which still he called it Low Light Studios. And okay, it was a real good setup. It was awesome, mm-hmm. and initially. Because I'm, I'm, I, I mean, not so much anymore, but I can be really stubborn about how I want things recorded and sure. how I want things done and shit like that. Like, I mean, especially if you have an idea for yeah, it, you know I've, how I've, you I've, want it. Yeah, I've got a pretty, yeah. And, but the thing is, cause I've, I've, I've been in situations where I've made compromises because mm-hmm. I'm a very, I'm a very, uh, you know, I'm a, an agreeable person, generally. Sure. Generally. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever somebody wants to be like, hey, you know, it's not worth it to, to kick up a lot of fuss if it's something small. And so, you know, I'm a pretty easygoing dude, but if I have something in mind specifically and I compromise on that, it'll never sit right with me, ever. Mm-hmm. And I've done that before to where people are like, you know, uh, let's do this instead of this setup you want to do. I'm like, mm, okay, I don't want to argue. Mm-hmm. And then we hear it back. I'm just like, we should have done it my way. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> this is just better. It would have been better. Uh-huh. But um, anyway, so Tommy, uh, they suggested recording with Tommy. He just wanted, he needed some guinea pigs. Sure. And uh, I was, I'm always weary of working, weary, wary, wary of working with, with somebody who I don't know. Because I don't know if they're going to be, you know, try to put their fingerprints all over it. And especially if I don't know somebody who's like, production style or anything like that yeah, but, for sure. but they were just like well just try it and they spoke real highly of him i was just like hey you know what whatever we're not gonna be not charging us anything for this yeah so we went in and we it was it was love you know we all like all, we got yeah. a really good group groove going together with the group and he recorded everything that i did everything the bottom feeders did after that yeah we wow. would go in and we and we did it and then the, uh him and Juan opened the studio and it was just like you know i didn't really i didn't have a hand in any of it but i was kind of there on the sidelines the mm-hmm. whole time like like offering moral support i guess yeah, and sure. doing yeah, yeah. doing things like you know uh i just little things here and there mm-hmm. like we we would we would uh as they were building it we started rehearsing we rehearsed in that place when there was fucking nothing in yeah. there it looked like it looked like just a little you know just a little shack yeah and we were in there and the sound was all bouncing off the walls and it was it was awful and then and then then it wasn't long that they put all the stuff in there they really busted ass going yeah. in there Nick and Jason from Lost Project too. Mm-hmm. They put a lot into it. A lot of just sheer fucking man hours of of the resources. You know, uh, between the four of them, they've got they got so much done so quickly. Yeah, you know. They, and then now it's up. It's just like, I mean, from what I've seen, super affordable prices. Yeah. They're super awesome with yeah. you know recording. They have a lot of amazing equipment, and it's just like a, a cool spot. I don't know if many other places here in San Antonio that you know offer that sort of you know well just, just a... even on top of it i don't necessarily know if i want to advertise this but i mean it's a cool clubhouse kind of sure. vibe to it mm-hmm. you know like a lot of after hours you know stuff goes on there mm-hmm. and we'll go and we'll hang out and you know we'll stay out until like six in the morning just sort of playing music or, or drinking for the for those who do drink and we just kind of you know we just hang out and we just we just you know it's not an open invitation y'all out there in radio land don't just <laughs> so, drop, yeah we're not don't just drop by asking for the party you know the, the people who live there just go uh asking for harvey and yeah. he'll, he'll just bring harvey said like you know there's like a bumper pool table here and like come on let's party <laughs> so going back uh you did say that you wish you learned all that kind of stuff with music so when was your first musical experience uh either what do you mean like listening or or playing something that sticks out to you where you're like oh music's a thing you know what i mean Uh, um 
because like for me i i mean back in the day i used to hear my dad play or or i would listen to <laughs> shitty uh well not shitty because they're really good at the time uh boy band groups oh, <laughs> like yeah. i remember for a sure. long for well know. here well my experience with that stuff is i'd hear that stuff and it'd be like this isn't music to me okay, i don't yeah, i don't yeah. i don't know that it's i don't know that it's 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 uh uh I don't know what music is essentially because mm-hmm. I at that point all I would listen to really is stuff that my dad and my mom would play and mm-hmm. my dad is a huge Elvis fan oh, huge awesome. huge uh-huh. huge huge Elvis fan and um, as as all I think the, the Chicano culture in general really loves the fifties and yeah. the cruising classics yeah for sure and the the <laughs> you know but Elvis is sort of we we a buddy of mine talked about it recently about how. He's like a saint, and like people would, you know. I think there's something about Catholics, the Catholic uh, uh, culture that really worships that we love worshiping, putting those people up on the pedestal. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. I, you know, the saint patron, Saint Elvis of Elvis of Presley. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, my dad was real big into Elvis and all the all the stuff that came with that. And but my mom was huge into. Um, she liked a lot of soul and funk and disco and basically stuff that was popular on the radio when she was growing up. Okay. And she would listen to like, you know, like you, you grew up here. Yeah. Yeah. So KTFM, you know, like oh, back KT- when KT- yeah. KTFM would play a oh, fucking A, they would play like, you know, freestyle and, 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 you know, contemporary for that time anyway, yeah. hip hop and dance music and stuff like that. So I kind of got the best of, of both my mm-hmm. sense of groove and things, you know, sitting in a certain way and the catchiness to it all came from, like, my mom's side. Mm-hmm. And then the aesthetic of, like, the songwriting, the practicalities Definitely. of the songwriting, the rock and roll and yeah. all that, that came from dad. And my brother, uh, I have an older half-brother, and he was really big into, I mean, he's a, he's a rapper, but at the same time, he grew up during the grunge era. Oh, okay. So he exposed me to a lot of alternative bands, which, I, you know, and I'll say, and I've said this many times before. I don't like Nirvana. I don't like all the the, grun- the grunge stuff. Sure. But like his thing was, he, for some reason, he was like, I think you'll really like the Misfits. And I was, of course, he was right. Yeah. <laughs> and that was an, a, a huge, a huge influence. Wow. Um, and I, look, I've always wanted to learn to play guitar. I'd mm-hmm. always wanted to learn to play piano. I'd always tried, but I just kind of never really, just something would prevent me from doing it. You know okay. what I mean? Like my parents had no problem with, with keeping me in baseball about four years longer than i wanted to be uh-huh, for sure. but when it came to like actually getting guitar lessons and piano lessons mm-hmm. they just weren't as quick on the draw for was, some reason was anybody else a musician in your family nah, that you know nah, nah. my, my my dad would noodle with the guitar or whatever but he didn't know what he's doing you know mm-hmm. uh but like but nobody nobody actually nobody even in my extended family nobody would nobody played anything my brother really? my brother kind of did mm-hmm um, but he was, a, again, like I said, he was a, a, an aspiring rapper and sure. he, he would make beats himself with the keyboard and stuff. And he knew how to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I absorbed some of that. Mm-hmm. What I really absorbed from, from him going through all of that is the DIY process. Okay. Cause they didn't need, they would make the CD, they would mix it. They would, they would make the songs, put on the CD, mix it, put it together. And then they would go to gas stations they would go on corners and they would sure. sell the people they would they would hustle they would grind mm-hmm. and i was there with them as they were doing that uh-huh. you know and i was like you know it had so much in common with the the punk uh sort of mentality yeah and that's what For i sure. took from it you know and 
Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to rack my brain now. Who else played? Nobody played. No, so, so it was just you. Uh, you said your brother, and when did you actually get your hands on an instrument? Like around what age do you think? I was in elementary school. Okay. When I got my hands on a guitar, and that was very short lived. I had it for about a month, <laughs> and then my brother took it and sold it for things that weren't was not. You know, he went and spent the money on something very unsavory okay. things. Uh-huh. But he's the one who gave it to me, so he just sort of. Oh, I think he, he just, just sort of teased me with it. And then I think I was I was like in maybe seventh grade. So how old are you in seventh grade? About twelve, thirteen, yeah, sure. something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, that's when I that's kind of when I started playing. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then sixteen was when I I found the the piano is which is I guess now my technically my primary instrument. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you said you say technically because like uh, people that don't know Harvey or haven't seen him or anything, he you play like. Uh, in a ton of different groups. That's why I wanted to focus on you because if we try and focus on like one, yeah. one of your projects, it, it's, it's, it'll swallow everything. Yeah, for up, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, you do play primarily piano and then guitar and stuff. I think I, when I first saw you once, um, it was at somewhere playing with the hairs like oh, a long it? time yeah. ago, like was a year it, ago. Was it with, with, uh, no, I had it been over a year ago. That, yeah, that it was, was, it was, was a long time ago. Uh, that was when I you, first uh, we played Vulcan, I think. That was your that was you you were with them at the start? Um no, I think about two or three years ago I was with Vulcan. Mm, so so did you play those J and O shows with us? J and O, there you go. Yeah, because, it, because it was like one of the first shows that you guys had played, if not one the, of the first shows. One you know? of the yeah, one of the bigger shows where yeah. we had all of our guys. And, and it I, was it was it was wonderful, yeah. And that yeah. was that had to have been the hairs because the hairs yeah. were, were we were kind of already on our way out at that okay. point, you know. Uh-huh. But that was that was the kind of thing where that sort of turned into something that I didn't anticipate it mm-hmm. because because I was playing piano and I really just wanted to play the piano in that band. Mm-hmm. I didn't want I didn't want to have to write any of the songs. I didn't want to have to do anything. And it sort of like the way the music was shaping sort of uh, I I had to have a bigger hand in in, in guiding it. And it's, mm-hmm. it was ultimately it ended up the songwriting uh, purposes were handled by. Me and uh, my my guitarist buddy Buddy Parlin, mm-hmm. and but initially it was, we were just supposed to be like a straight rockabilly band, mm-hmm. which straight rockabilly music kind of bores me to death these days because I grew up <laughs> okay. I grew up on so much yeah, of it yeah. and my formative years were sort of you know affected by it and there's nothing more like bland or boring to me than like you know straight rockabilly sure. piano. You know, Yo, I was you, just yeah, like, of I course, just yeah, like, yeah. This is like this is god awful. <laughs> so we but, we started actively doing different shit with it, and then sure. it, by the end there, we were we were stupid ambitious with with uh, just what we were putting into the blender. Essentially, okay. yeah, yeah. It, I mean, from what I was gonna say, I was just gonna say that it was uh, really interesting because I'd never seen anything or heard anything like that here in San Antonio. Again, that was a long time ago. I just got into the scene, local scene, whatever. Yeah, I, you know, and, it was it was different. I mean, you, for better or worse, whether people liked it or not, it was just it was different enough to where like there would always be a point in the set where yeah, and it was usually the first like thirty seconds in, people would like turn and they'd like, what the fuck is going on up there? What are these guys doing? Yeah, you know, somebody I used to describe us as. If Earth, Wind, and Fire and Oingo Boingo, yeah, started a, uh, uh, how do I say they they started a, a jump blues band? <laughs> in, it would be the in hairs. Southwest Texas. It would be yeah, it would be the hairs or but, South South Texas. Yeah, 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 but mainly you because because you had sort of all this energy and you're you're this you're this person on piano. I don't, I mean, 
mainly because I was I was so used to like classical musicians and stuff like that, and sure. and it was it was you just sort of letting it out on a piano, and I hadn't seen that in a long time, and that was pretty interesting to see, yeah. and 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 just you know looking at some of the videos and, and and stuff of you performing live and all that stuff, even on guitar, it's just sort of just you can feel you letting yourself out in, in yeah. into this music and it's really I, awesome well it's i mean i have nothing else to offer like i can't i can't i'm not a i'm not a uh i'm not a there's not a lot of finesse with with what i do okay. and that's the punk that's the punk in me that's mm-hmm. the snarling young 16 year old sure. you know who just wants to get out and like you know i got something to say man okay i got something to say when really Crank i up the amp yeah exactly <laughs> it's and you know like with piano I'm very, very, very much. I mean, the music that speaks to me directly, mm-hmm. like the shit that speaks to me, it's it's one or the other. It's either really kind of like, it's it's either New Orleans R and B, which was sort of the nexus for rock and rock and roll as we know it, mm-hmm. with that with the Earl Palmer backbeat and and, and all that stuff, um, which is somehow even though it's really raw and unfiltered, it's it's still really sophisticated. Yeah. It, there's sure. something very sophisticated about it. You know, cause we're, you know, we're all jazz guys and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That all came from that kind of background. And then they just started playing this fucking gonzo music, you know? <laughs> and then the other half of it is, you know, Ramon style link Ray. Yeah. Loud. Just turn the shit up loud. Just turn it up loud and, and all down strums and, and just do it and scream and, and, you know, mm-hmm. and make it, make it fast and fun and catchy. Sure. Yeah. And and going back, so when was your first actual band or when did that start? When did you decide you wanted to do or pursue music or anything like that? I was in I was in middle school still. I okay. knew I wanted a band and then I got into high school and I met some guys um and we started a band called the Space Heaters. Ooh. And somewhere out there every now and then it's almost like a like a ghost that visits from time to time somebody <laughs> will remember the space heaters because uh-huh. we were doing like we were doing some pretty good shows like we would open for los carnales we, oh, we would play we would play at sam's regularly yeah. before it turned into what it is now uh-huh, sure. you know <laughs> um and we would do we would we would do all kinds of stuff we would we would um it, it was almost like it was almost like, like, I mean, we were like an alternative band, an indie band, but mm-hmm. we didn't, I mean that term in, in the most broad sense because there, we didn't really sound like anything else. And that wasn't us being like, you know, so fucking progressive. That was us. <laughs> we didn't, we yeah. didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Cause the, my drummer at the time was younger than me. His name was Jackson and he went, he, he formed a couple of he, the Scadorables and the cartographers when they were, oh, okay. when they were around and stuff. He lives in Austin now, but he was the drummer. And he and I were just friends, and our ba- our bassist was a guy who's older than us. You know, uh, his name is Clayton, and he hasn't lived in town for a couple of years, but he used to play in Uptown Creepers and Sans Faith, and 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 all those you know all those really wonderful bands that come out of that that sort of pool. But we had started playing it at um, actually our first show was at um was at a Christian uh, punk <laughs> like get together Christian punk yes. Yeah. And Love it was it. and it was fun. You know, we had fun. Yeah. We were we were a, a, a you know devout atheists, one and all. But <laughs> you know, it was a Christian punk show, was, and there were people there, and the kids loved the kids loved it. Kids you know, lo- <laughs> it's a nice loved, yeah. secular rock and roll sure, for them. Yeah. You know, what did you think when you got on stage for the first time? I think like what did you did you automatically know like oh this feels good. This is yeah. where, where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, I was a. a 
I don't know. I guess I'm. I, there's there's got to be. I I got to have some kind of a personality thing going on because on the one hand I'm very introverted mm-hmm. and I'm very quiet and I'm very standoffish and sure. I'm, you know. But on the other hand, when you go up and you play. I think that's, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, people seem to like my songs. They seem to like our music. They seem to like what we do. But I think, I mean, I'll, the biggest strength with me usually lies on stage, talking mm-hmm. to talking to people and working the crowd. Sure. In another life, I would have been a vaudeville performer. Yeah. I, there's just something about it. There's something electric. You know, if I believed in God, I would have been a, an excellent tent revivalist preacher, I think. <laughs> sure. You know. Um, so, so you would say it was, it's for you to, I mean, cause like I talk about this a lot and I like to hear from different people what it is for them because me, I, that's, that's sort of in line with me where I get on stage because of me and mm-hmm. it's like, this is a different part of me. This is all of me, but this is a part and this is like. Uh, sort of an escape not so much but but this is like 70 percent me yeah. this is what i need to do and then 30 percent for you know the listeners to hear my music to hear me play or whatever so do you think that's the same thing it, it's kind of I, I mean i think i think i, I you know it's just a, an exaggerated version of of myself sure that's all it is it's, it's just you know <clears throat> I, I it needs to i think with a lot of music a lot of modern day music from what i see people play when they play live I, you know, it look, it's, 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 I don't know, how do I put this? It's like, whenever I see a band, mm-hmm. and they can be a great band, they can be a wonderful band, the music could be great, the harmonies are wonderful, mm-hmm. they they play, you know, top-of-the-line instruments sure. and stuff, if they don't have that fucking thing, man, they don't have the shit in between, mm-hmm. it, it's like, it's like pulling teeth watching them, you know? Sure. And for me, personally, I feel like, that's what my job should be mm-hmm. is to take the hard work of what we're all doing together and be going to make it fun. You know, you make it as fun as you can. And that is me. That is very much me. I like being the, the guy at the party with the funniest jokes. Sure. Maybe not the most consistent, yeah. but certainly the funniest <laughs> jokes, you know, and that's what it feels like, especially with this last, with this latest incarnation of the band. Mm-hmm. It is like a party on stage. There's so fucking many of us up there yeah. and it's just, we're just, we're, we're, we're moving around and I'm sort of, I, you know, I, I've stopped, there have been certain points where I've just stopped playing and I've just taken a microphone and just, and just go wandering around and talking to people and, and <laughs> you know, singing in their faces and yeah, stuff, sure. you know, and, and it's, I love it. I love that kind of thing because it's sort of like, I'll do that anyway, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. even when I'm not playing, yeah. but at the same time, it's but just it's nice kind of like, that. yeah, it's nice to have a band <laughs> behind you. You know, and we, but, you know, we, it just, it needs to be fun. That's the, that's the bottom line. Sure. Some of the, I mean, the lyrics and stuff or whatever, they, they, some of them are heavier than others, but, but at the same time, it's just like, look, you're here. We're all here together. We're all fucking sharing this experience. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me, let me, let me put a smile on your face. Sure. You know, cause y'all are certainly putting a fucking smile on mine. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's do this together. Let's, you know, let's, let's just have a love fest. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah. You know? Sure. Let, let's get let's get there. So you you started off in bands. You you just you know just different incarnations of of you going through different bands. Or how did that go about to get to where you're at right now? I've this, always this wanted to be a solo artist. Really? Always. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always that, but just because of that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't want to not play in uh, other bands. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've sure. Been, I'll be a side guy if I need to, and mm-hmm. I love. 
I love being in a band and just not having to make any decisions. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like that's fun. <laughs> like Saigon Sinners is is you know we've we we're having a a blast. Mm-hmm. You one know? of your uh, Saigon Sinners, one of your more recent yeah. ventures into music. Yeah, I, okay. I just joined up because uh, Smarty Chris Mart, uh, he's constantly on tour, so he couldn't play a lot of the shows so mm-hmm. i was just like well you know one actually was was like you know why don't we just get harvey to do it and i was like yeah sure yeah i'll do it and i sat it i stepped in and something more than just like jamming with with three other dudes happened it was just like i mean because you know one and i've been playing together for years uh it was it was nice to discover i had chemistry with nick mm-hmm. with our you know drummer nick Velvez and uh thomas who i'd really only known through the bolos and i didn't really know him all that well mm-hmm. He's got him and I just we have certain similar sensibilities when sure. it comes to like you know we both love like uh, blues, mm-hmm. you know, and the blues is like a, a I, you know it's like it's like knowing Latin, like knowing like 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 old school Latin, sure. yeah, and you can kind of sort of make your way all the other romantic languages off of that. I kind of I can understand Portuguese because I know Latin a little bit, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah, that kind sure. of thing. Yeah, yeah. So when you meet somebody else, I mean, he may be speaking, you know spanish and i'm speaking portuguese but there's that overlap and it's just like okay we we know we, we get can, it we can yeah talk we can about it you yeah know? sure so um yeah and that band i love that i'm not i'm 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 completely i'm sure. a side man uh-huh. I, i'm i'm here to make them look good uh-huh. you know what i mean definitely like being in an improv troupe or whatever you know your job is to make who you know whoever's seen it is to make them make everybody else look good yeah sure and to, to make the music sound nice and muscular and tight and like what i what i what i would want to hear if i were going to see a band like that because mm-hmm. i've never really played in a band like that before well why don't you describe it for people that haven't heard it it's like a re- it's just really hard blues it's uh-huh. really hard weird blues it's like like it's like if the Queens of Stone Age decided to do like a, uh, if they decided to be, you know, Howlin' Wolves backing band, you know, and record yeah. and record something in like the late seventies in a chicken shack, it, it would sound like like what we're doing. Yeah, you know, awesome. Um, so, so how would you get? You want to be just? Is that why you have your name like by yeah. yourself? Like well, Harvey McLaughlin. Well, now the- at what way it is, why it is the way it is now is because. Uh, it, the I joined. I, well, I mean, I, I signed to Sauce Tex, and they're, okay. we're putting out. That's you know, we're putting out an album through that. So uh, I was very strongly advised over a long period of time. It's just you know, brand yourself. Sure. You know, I mean, that's the kind of thing. I mean, that and like I said, like I I want the only thing to be consistent about all this music that I'm playing is to be my songs, mm-hmm. my songs and my voice. Now, some nights I can have a, a you know, I could have the Saigon Sinners play behind me, mm-hmm. play my songs. Some nights it'll just be me and, and, an, and an upright bassist. Other nights it can be me and the 13-piece soul explosion. Yeah. But it's still me and there's still the songs, you know. People, sure. people, you know, the songs change, the vibe changes with, with whatever instrumentation. For sure. Or whatever, you know. And that, I mean, that's that's what I'm kind of doing as well. Like I, I have this Jules, the human brand mm-hmm. that I'm trying to build. And that's with me doing this podcast, doing, I have another podcast doing vlogs, being yeah. trombonist and all that stuff. And it is definitely it all works. Man. Yeah. And it's yeah. always just, you know, me or it's always just you. And that's really cool. Yeah. And to see you doing all this stuff, it, uh, you know, I hope it motivates 
people to say like you can let it out you can do anything you can do absolutely anything you want that's Mm -hmm. the that's the beauty of the fucking medium you know what i mean that's Mm -hmm. like you know like let's say you draw comics and you you feel like you're you know you're you're stuck in a in a certain kind of rut and it was like you know you can do anything you can you can draw and write and tell any kind of story you want to tell you can you can do it all um i meet a lot of people and I've worked with a lot of people over the years who are real stubborn about like the way they want things done and the mm-hmm. way and they're, like, they're more effective ways to do certain things. Sure. And, you know, and people are stubborn and, and, you know, all that stuff. But at the same time, it's just kind of like you can do it all. You can do anything. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Why just save your 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 energy for one thing or do this? I've got sure. energy to fucking spare. Yeah. I'm not good at anything <laughs> else. I've never been good at it. I mean, I'm barely good at this. And it's yeah. just like, like, we can go out and do this. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it together. Let's go. You know, Definitely. Go lay the eggs. <laughs> what would you have, what would you give, you know, what kind of advice would you give to anybody that's, you know, sort of in that, that first year of being in a band or they're just starting a band or they're thinking about starting a band and, and, you know, they see you going up on stage being the way you are and being amazing with your, whoever it is, what, you know, and somebody came up to you and say, Hey, how do I get like this? Or how can I be quote unquote successful in music like you or, or, you know, any advice to anybody that's just starting? Be a sponge. Yeah. Soak it all up. All of it. Soak mm-hmm. it up. Every opportunity. Even a bad show is still experience. Mm-hmm. You know? For sure. If you have a bad show because the promoter fucks you over, well, now you know. Now yeah. you know not to fuck with that promoter or now you know not to do business like that ever again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, all of it. Just, just, just everything. The music. All of it. You know? Mm-hmm. It's okay to be a music snob, but you need to have, you need to at least, you need to be objective still mm-hmm. when it comes to certain things sure. like if a band's good they're good i don't like them but they're a good band you know? <laughs> yeah you, I, I always say that all the time like you like with movies or, or you know with a, a tv show or something it's like i respect this tv show yeah, i get show. why people like it but it's not for me i don't like it I, well I, you know I, I will like okay like i was a conversation i had the other day was <laughs> like game of thrones okay i get it sure i understand it <laughs> I don't like it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? For because sure. I mean because on the one hand, you know, every every so often a cultural phenomena will bubble up. Sure. And it'll be either Walking Dead or or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the shows are good like Breaking Bad. Like I don't think For any sure. anybody could deny that that was an amazing show. Mm-hmm. But other times it's just kind of like like Game of Thrones, I can't say if it's a good show or not because I've never really seen it. Mm-hmm. But I can tell by the way people talk about it. Like it's a soap opera. It's just a soap yeah, opera definitely. It's with with breasts and dragons. Which hey, I'm a fan of both Dang. of those things. I don't mind <laughs> That's it. A quote, yeah. You know, it's a soap opera. But like, you know, even even the writer George R R Martin. Yeah, sure. His stuff. I've I've been a fan of his stuff for years, mm-hmm. but I like his horror stuff. He's got a book called Fever Dream yeah. about vampires that really? are that are on on a steamboat going through like you know, like depression. <laughs> That's or really interesting. It's yeah. really great. That's crazy. His stuff is so good, and it's like they took the things that like like really it's just it's just sword and sorcery stuff. Like yeah. you're gonna take that and you're gonna make that popular. Like why not the vampires? <laughs> like what's up with that? Vampires already had their thing when they sparkled. They uh, yeah. well. <laughs> One could argue that, you know, that is not a true representation of the, no, I know. I, like, I was, I was like, like vampires, vampires are like, uh, vampires used to be like zombies are now. Mm-hmm. 
because zombies are were, are well now they're consistently popular, you know. But vampires every now and again there would like they would there would be like a spike, yeah. And they would you know like Anne Rice's vampires interview with the vampire. They those were really popular mm-hmm. for a while. And then the Twilights and then uh, True Blood I know was was really big, and it's all very. It, the reason it works like that is because people love high drama. Yeah, they love definitely. the, the melodramatic stuff. Anything with drama, pretty much, yeah. is, is going to be popular. And vampires are so they're they're you know they lament their existence and <laughs> oh how boring it is you know and and this and that and blah blah blah, which the vampires I like are not like that at all. They're 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 the ghoulish creatures of the night that are they they have you pinned in a in a in a brothel in Mexico like from Dust Till Dawn. Those are my vampires. That's great. Yeah, you yeah, know? those fantastic. Jeez. So. Aside from the Game of Thrones and vampire tangent, where where are you at right now? We know you're not watching Game of Thrones, so what do you do right now? What do you have coming up? I think you have a show tonight as well, right? Well, it's yeah, going to come out on Monday, but okay. Um, well, then yeah, we would have had three shows this weekend. We have one sure. tonight at, at Ventura, and then we've got one tomorrow night at Brick, which will be fun as usual. Mm-hmm. And then um. And then Saigon's got one at, at Limelight later that mm-hmm. night. So what do you, I don't know. Do you have any goals for the, the end of the year? Anything you I, just to do? Get, I mean, want to get out of town, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, get out of town, finish this fucking record already. It's yeah. almost done. We're like, we kept saying like home stretch, yeah, home stretch. We're sure. almost done. And I'm liking what I'm hearing back. You know, the uh-huh. stuff you did on there was really good. Sure. Thank you. The stuff that, that. I had people come in, people, you know, friends of mine, people cancel, people show up last minute, people do this, people do that. And it's, you know, it's, it's wonderful. It's uh-huh. wonderful. It feels like, like I'm, like I'm rehearsing a play or something. You know, sure. You and that, that's really around. cool that you can sort of stand back and then all these people kind of, uh, put their two cents into it, but it is your bowl. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like your bowl of stuff and then people just throw different ingredients. Well, we in would it. always say like, like, um, I always liked a John Carpenter quote where he was talking about like, look, this is a collaborative effort. You know, you collaborate with the, with the director of photography, with you know the caterer. Mm-hmm. If anybody has a good idea, if, if the the makeup guy has a good idea, you know, it goes in. You know, sure. but at the end of the day, this is my ship, and that's why it says John Carpenter's. You know, <laughs> yeah, they live at at the top of uh-huh. the, you know whatever John Carpenter's the thing because it's his. It's it's his thing for sure. And I'm I work with people who who. You know, who understand that, mm-hmm. who understand that, like, hey, we're all making this. Like, it's like saying, like, hey, I got this, I got this script I wrote about this monster that, you know, eats people through the, through the, through the drain of the, of, of the kitchen sink. Sure. You know, it's like, oh, great. I was like, can you do the costumes? Sure. Can you be in it? Yeah. And I expect and, and sort of encourage everybody to bring their own ideas to it. But at the end of the day, you know, this is, it's my, my it's my thing, yeah. you know. So I hope that doesn't sound too arrogant. I mean, it's just like I've just worked really hard to get to a point to where, like, you know, I can I can be like a like the director. No. Yeah, that's okay. that, you know, there's somebody in charge. Everybody needs somebody in charge. That kind of makes the difficult decisions because it's because I mean, this style of of governing does not work for government. Yeah. But it works in in a creative capacity really well, especially if you, you know. If you just follow that one person. Mm-hmm. And know. especially if you have the creatives that have been doing it for a long time. Like, I I dislike when people kind of beat around the bush a lot of the time because I've been through a whole ton. Like, I've, 
you know, cried in, in lessons because like musicians or my lessons teacher were like, you suck or whatever. And it's like, I've been through that. I can take, you yeah. know, fucking, Hey, you suck there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, and, yeah, but, for but sure. the thing is, it's your job to be, I mean, there are, you know, there are times and I keep using these analogies, these filmmaker analogies, <laughs> it works. but like, but like Sam Peckinpah used to, they used to say about him is that he wouldn't compliment the people that he worked with. Sure. He would, Every now and then he'd give them like a little drop of praise and uh-huh. he knew where to use it. He knew how to use it. I don't know. I don't think I'm that, I'm not like that or anything, but, but it's just like, I mean, look, these are my friends ultimately. Mm-hmm. And what's exciting is, especially with this last project is that these are, all of these people are my friends, but they had never, they were all friends from different places. Sure. They had never really done anything together. Uh-huh. And then we all got together and it was just like, I mean, it, it is like, a, it's like a family now. It's like a, you know, like we're a bunch of traveling gypsies, Yeah, you know? And it, it works and everybody has a good time. And if nobody's having – if somebody's not having a good time, you know, everybody else takes the responsibility to, to make sure that they're at least doing a little bit better, you know. It's sure. fun and um, it can be it can be stressful sometimes for me when I'm trying to like to keep the reins of this of this thing from going <laughs> Definitely. careening off a cliff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. at the same time, it's just like this is why we do it, baby. This is why we fucking do it. So you, so when can they expect uh, this album? Was it going to be under – it's gonna be sauce text, and we're probably gonna call it tabloid news. Uh, a very topical. It wasn't. It was not meant to be topical. <laughs> it has to do with fake news and alternative facts. Sure. And uh, we all know where that's from. We well, <laughs> it's it's like you know what it is. It's like it's like um, I have a a a certain uh, affection for bullshit. Okay. I, I love bullshit, and there's no more interesting bullshit to me than. Things like tabloid news when they tell you it's like oh yeah hey Bigfoot's love child found in in you yeah. know, in California back then when that was the only kind of fake news we had to worry about sure I'll take it that, all that's yeah. great I love it you know <laughs> and then now the fake news we have now it's like that's just it's dangerous sure unhinged but the thing is like you know it's the difference between a musician a, a magician and a con man the magician lets you know that he's tricking you uh-huh. and he lets you know that this isn't real. Whereas the con man wants you to actually believe what he's doing so he can swindle you. It's the difference between the two. And I was just like, yeah, all right. This is a little irresistible right now. Yeah. Especially because I've had the idea for, for ages. I've had the songs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They are all they all have to do with, with shit you'd read in a, in a supermarket tabloid. Songs sure. about Bigfoot, about Elvis sightings, about aliens. I thought that's like that. what I heard in, in some of the songs yeah. when I was listening, uh, when I was playing over. I was like, what is it? What yeah. is he saying? That's really cool. Yeah. So, so when can they expect that? Or in oh, I don't... sometime in the future? Yeah, yeah. 2018, hopefully. Maybe. I don't know. And like I said, we're almost done, but sure. we've still got a lot of work to do. Um, maybe first quarter of next year or something. Awesome. I don't know. I don't know when it's going to... We've been working on this for a while now. Yeah. Uh, the next thing, hopefully, I'm just going to record it and just put it out just there. That. Yeah. Just, gonna just have get to. it going. So where where can they find you on social media and all that stuff if they oh, want to look you up or, or I'm, see I'm what you're not doing? Really all that good at that stuff. No, just well, you know, I I I mean, I'm on I'm on I'm on the Facebook. I'm on um, you know, uh, that's about it. Inst- I'm on Instagram, but that's like my personal one, you know. But you oh, know, okay, if you, if okay, you want, yeah. if you, I mean, but if you want, you know, you want, I had pictures of like my nephew and like you know. <laughs> Upcoming, I post all the shows on there and stuff like that. It's, well, yeah, it's, that's the main it's, point. It's that's, public, you know. Yeah, people sure. can people can 
you know, whatever. Check it out. And uh, and then yeah, the pages, all all of the pages of all of the bands. I mean, for a while there was confusion when they thought like you know, oh Harvey McLaughlin's doing something, and they put the link to the bottom feeders, and it pissed off more than a few of the members of the bottom feeders, which is all right. But mm-hmm. you know, it's just like <laughs> I understand the frustration, but at the same time, it's just kind of like I think at this point we've established ourselves enough to where it's like all right, you know. People know what this is now. Sure, people know what we're about. Yeah, well, they well they know what's going to happen. They know it's not going to be these. So, I mean, well, sometimes with that's the beauty of, of of doing the solo thing is I can play any song I want from any point from any from yeah any, any band. <laughs> so you, know? you have a huge catalog of, of huge everything, shit. and the, the part the, the hard part is like figuring out like all right, well, what works and what doesn't, you know. Uh, there's some bottom feeder songs that we play in this in this group. That sound pretty good, and then there's other stuff that we've tried, and it was like this doesn't sound as good, you know. So Very I don't cool. know if anybody pays attention though. I I really I really doubt it. I doubt people. I mean, people pay attention passively. I think sure they won't What's know until on? you point it out. I was like, oh yeah, it is that one song from that other thing you did. Well, that oh, other okay. <laughs> it has that one guy in it. Yeah, you're here. All right. So, well, it's all right. <laughs> well, Harvey, thank you for being here. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, this is wonderful, I man. It. Like, it, I, I love, I love shit like this, man. I love, I love the conversation. Sure, that's what it is, and that's that's. I think we as musicians need need kind of more of that. I just hope I didn't sound like a like a, a self inflated ass. No, you know, and and if you did, I'm sure they'll let you know. No, well, I mean, even if they, <laughs> yeah, but let me know. Let me know if he's like, hey, you really need to like get off yourself, buddy. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I do. But that Harvey McLaughlin, he's an asshole. Oh, he's keeping, there's a lot of people that say that. There's a lot of people that, that, wow. that say that. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Everybody seems to get along awesome, man. with each other. I think. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. Man. All right. That was my conversation with Harvey McLaughlin. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you liked it. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast for new episodes every Monday. Go back in our catalog and listen to a bunch of other musicians from all around Texas. We have some great episodes coming coming every week i do an episode and then my dad does an episode and then we switch off every other week but a new episode comes every monday in this feed so be sure to subscribe on itunes google play or wherever you listen to podcasts again make sure to follow us on social media at texas music pod at texas music pod on facebook and twitter texas music podcast on instagram go do all that stuff we post pictures of the artists and you get to interact with us there as well right now i'm gonna leave you with a full song by harvey mclaughlin it's called mysterioso blues and i hope you enjoy it make sure to go follow him on all his social media it's gonna be in the links in the description right down there in the podcast so go check him out go check out his music and right now we have mysterioso blues by harvey mclaughlin i've been jules human thanks and have a good night
listening to the Texas Music Spotlight podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and visit our website, texasmusicspotlight.com, to find out how you can be a part of the live recordings. Until next time, please continue to support local artists and music in your hometown. Stop.